Welcome to a very special episode of Homebrew Portal. I'm Big J. And I'm Bite. And today we're going to rapid fire off some ideas for magical items you can add to your campaign. Hey, you, you know what? I don't need no stupid game to tell me how to have fun. I'll do it all on my own. If you think Poop Dragon's hard, you should never play Diarrhea of healing, and a spell scroll of true strike. Actually, he has to roll a disadvantage because his target's five feet away from him, and he's using a range attack. Alright, so we're taking a break from our usual content today, and instead, we're going to just list off a ton of magical homebrew items that we've come up with. We're going to take turns going back and forth and maybe do a little bit of critique on each other. Um, just so you have some magic items you can throw on your campaign in case the idea well's running dry. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Um, my first item is the magic teapot. Um, this is a great item, in my opinion, because... It doesn't affect the balance of your campaign or make your party incredibly much stronger, but it still feels very helpful. So what it is, is you have a teapot that comes with a set of cups. There should be uh, however many people are in the party. That's how many cups that you come with. Um, it takes one hour to use. That way it can't be used in combat. And basically, if you make a full pot of tea with it, each cup of tea replenishes X hit points. So that way, in between combat, like maybe if they're in a dungeon or something, they can sit down, make a pot of tea, and help heal each other. Real simple. I like that. That's a, that's a really creative way to do healing outside of combat. Yeah. So my first item is a cursed item that I call the strangle rope. This item is essentially acts as a regular magical rope that moves by itself at your command until... You try to climb down something, climb down maybe a cliffside, or you're climbing down like the side of a house. In that case, the first time you do it, the rope will attempt to strangle you and hang you from the side of whatever surface you're climbing down. So this is one of my favorite types of cursed items because it doesn't really create a problem because anytime you're in a situation where that happens, your party members are going to be able to help you. But it's really, it has the potential to be really inconvenient and hilarious based on when that happens. It's kind of just this ticking time bomb of uh, slapstick just waiting to happen. Um, my next item is a cursed elemental ring, and you can do this for um, any element, fire, water, earth, whatever, so long as you're in a game with magic and elemental creatures. Um, what this ring does is the moment you put it on your finger, it's stuck there. And what, so that way it kind of gives a cue to the person who's wearing it that it might be cursed, but initially it doesn't provide any negatives at all. For the first week you have it on, once per day, you'll get a low-level spell with that element. Like, um, maybe if you're in, like, D&D or Pathfinder and it's a fire elemental ring, you'll maybe get burning hands, like, once a day. 
Then, like another week later, it upgrades to Fireball, and maybe you get Fireball. And for a while, you'll just get increasingly more powerful uh, magic. But eventually, if you keep it on long enough and you never bother to have it identified by anyone, eventually it will start attempting to turn you into a fire elemental or whatever element the ring is. And that's a free-willed elemental that will attack anything around it. And how that process happens or what the saves are, if it's reversible, these are all things you can tweak. So it has a negative, but it has positives in the meantime. So it's just... How attentive are your players going to be to this item? That's a really cool idea of potentially like making a, a character's arc go in a way that, that was unexpected to the character. My next item is a magic weapon. It is an intelligent magic weapon. Um, it's a bow with the voice of a fey creature inside of it that essentially urges the weapon to kill anything in sight that doesn't like the fey realm. They don't like fairies or, you know, maybe they, they try to diss the fey realm in any way, immediately tries to make the wielder kill that creature. Um, that is, that's definitely a great idea, and I don't think, I mean, obviously you can tailor that, it doesn't have to be fey creatures, you can tailor yeah. that to anything based on something like your your party's actually likely to encounter, is I think a, a way you could kind of custom tailor that to uh, whatever whatever you actually need it for, right? Yeah, you can really do it You could with any plan, like you said, you can do it with a demon and hell you could do it with maybe a shadow creature a fetchling of some kind and the shadow plane you could do it with celestials you could do it with a bunch of different planes uh right and and that's that's part of this is sometimes you're going to need to tailor the item to uh you know what the setting is this one is not the case my next one i call it the double-edged sword uh so basically all this is is you make a one-handed melee weapon and uh, the moment the player picks it up, it is locked to their hand. They can't drop it, or and it doesn't necessarily have to be locked to their hand. It maybe prevents them from using another weapon until the curse is broken. But the idea is, once they use this weapon, they can't use any other weapon until the curse is broken. Um, it does way more damage than the normal sword would, but every time you attack with it, you take half of however much damage you're dealing in addition. <laughs> it's funny you say that um i really like this idea i had a very similar idea um later on in my list to this and i really love these weapons that kind of force the player to do unconventional things that they wouldn't normally do and it kind of makes like a moral dilemma um for the player's character uh yeah and, and part of it is just having like, because uh, you don't necessarily want your cursed item to just be like, oh, it's a cursed item, it's bad. Because then all the person's going to do is immediately try to remove it as quick as possible. Whereas if it's a boon with it, they kind of have to sit there and figure out, well, is that worth it? Yeah, the most boring kinds of cursed items are, oh, this item is bad, it doesn't do anything except for try to hurt me. I mean, I guess you could do something like that in a dungeon, but generally those kinds of cursed items are boring. I got one later on my list. You're going to love that. <laughs> uh, so my next item 
is a wayfinder, which is essentially a compass, if you don't know, that uh, casts a spell locate. So you can have it locate a, any specific item or creature uh, nearby. You can say, locate my mom's sword, and it will point you in the direction of your mom's sword. Or you could just say, locate cats, and it will point you into the direction of the nearest cat. Um, I actually have an item way down on my list that's in the same vein as that, but more specific. Uh, I called it a, uh, let me see, what did I call it? I called it a um, resource compass. So basically, um, as the campaign progressed, you would note a particular item that your party was always running out of. And then somewhere in their path, you would leave this item. And basically, it just points to the nearest source of whatever that is. Let's say your party's always running out of water. This compass just points to the nearest source of water or the nearest source of arrows or ammo or heal potions or whatever. And the nearest shopkeep. And it would just only point to that one thing, whatever the nearest version is. But it's very similar. Yeah, what, what I like about mine over the idea that you're saying is that it's useful in that it, it adds, you know, something for the party so that they can just easily and like in game in role play find whatever they need but it also adds to utility they can you can do something within the story like if you want your players to go on a quest for a specific item right yeah my only um the only thing you need to watch out for with that one is if you let the party say anything to the compass like if this is kind of like a a jack sparrow you know, compass where, you know, whatever he wants most, it points to. Uh, if you're not careful, that could potentially break your campaign, depending on how you have quests set up. Like, if you're, the whole campaign's about a search for some lost artifact, well, that kind of cuts some corners now, doesn't it? Yeah, you would definitely have to make sure that your campaign is compatible with it. Right. Um, my next item, uh, and this is the one I said I thought you'd like, because it's the opposite of what you were saying, where it's just a bad thing. This is only bad, but it is extremely sneaky. So it is a platinum coin, just a regular like platinum coin. And obviously, if your campaign setting doesn't have platinum coins, just make it whatever the highest denominator of currency is. So you can have like a chest with all kinds of loot in it. So like, yeah, there's 20 gold pieces and one platinum coin. When most party members hear this, they're not going to think twice. They're just going to take it. Well, it's a cursed platinum coin that over time will dissolve other money that it's touching. I love that. That's so, so what fun. Is you, you just like next session, you go, hey, uh, Billy, uh, can you subtract 200 gold from your wallet? And he's just like, what? Why? And he's like, I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> It's also a good way if you think your players are kind of cheating the system a little bit to to nerf their currency a little bit. Oh, for sure. But there, I mean, and this is at least a fun way to do that. So my next item is another intelligent item in a different way, though. So this is a bunch of matching hats that the party can find. So with however many hats, there's a hat for each person in your party, and they act kind of as uh, comms, so they can communicate telepathically through them. But the catch is that they have to communicate telepathically only with one sentient being inside of the hat that then tells the other person in the party the message that they wanted to give them. So basically, you've just created the telephone game, but with the GM in the middle. Yes. 
That is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you you could as that that gives you so much liberty as the game master to just cause general mayhem. I absolutely love it. Yeah, you can make them trust you, and then you can just tear it all down. <laughs> that is fantastic. That might be the best one so far. Um, my next one's a little bit more utilitarian, and I have a couple of these. I I, I kind of really like um, RNG type items where uh, there's like a, a known level of randomness to it, and that's what this one is. I call this one the Silver Tarot Deck. So what this is is it's um. And it comes with instructions. It'll come in like a box with instructions so the players know what it is. This isn't a surprise one. Um, and it looks like a silver like deck of card-sized box. But um, you can always pull at the top of it, and a card will appear like a, a, off the top. It doesn't let you like shuffle or anything. You can just always pull a card off the top, but only the top, and then throw it, and it acts like a ranged weapon. However... Every time you use it, it also creates a random effect when you use this weapon. And you can make a list of random effects that's always rolled for and have some good ones and some bad ones. So it kind of gives them this risky uh, weapon they can use that may give them a boon that'll really help change the tide of battle in their favor, or it could hurt them. This is a really neat idea. It's like if Deck of Many Things was a weapon. I really and, and like this idea. Game-changing scale. Yeah, yeah, and you can custom make whatever is on the chart too to make it more fun and tailored to whatever you want to do. Right. This this is one where you're definitely going to adjust it based on you know preferences. Hmm. So my next one is pretty simple, straightforward. It's a sword, kind of like a sword in the stone. This is for really high level campaigns parties where whoever touches the sword if they pull it out they will it, you could make it based off of alignment or you could just kind of judge it for yourself but if they pull it out if the sword deems them worthy then they can wield it but if the sword does not de deem them worthy it automatically reduces their hit points to zero and the benefit of the sword is it's it if it comes in contact with a creature that the sword doesn't deem worthy, it automatically does its hit points to zero. Of course, you can put limits on it to make it less powerful, but this is kind of like a level 20, you're just fucking around, letting them kill gods yeah, this now. Is, this is definitely a major artifact type item. Yeah. Uh, I do like the concept, though. I, I just I feel like there's a way to implement a similar concept in a less extreme way. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of blanking on how at the moment. Mm. I thought about maybe like just, a, it does 10d8 or 10d10 damage like to just it. A, but... a damage boost to anything it touches it doesn't like, it doesn't like. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you could definitely do some interesting stuff with that. Um... All right, my next one, and this is one that uh, Byte has a very personal experience with because uh, he decided to put this one on in one of my campaigns. It's the Ring of Duality. Um, so it's a ring, and the moment you put it on, it locks onto your finger until the curse is broken, and it does two very simple things. One, it makes the character completely blind and gives them perfect blind sight. And what's great about this is when you first hear the concept, you go, oh, so nothing's really changed. 
And then slowly over time, you realize having blind sight is not really a replacement for actually being able to see. Yeah, my favorite thing is that my like decalingual catfolk now can't read. So yeah, yeah, because you can't see, but he can like feel tremors in the air, but can't read. So it, it kind of gives this. It does. It does give some benefits, but it's at the cost of being able to see. So it really makes uh. It it kind of forces an appreciation of like the basic senses in your world. Mm-hmm. And I have something in the same line as that, which is the deafening earmuffs, which are they they heighten your sense of of hearing at first, but over time, as you're heightened, as you hear more things, it slowly makes your character go deaf. Mm, so diminishing returns type. I- something that that works like kind of has this kind of same diminishing returns but it's like quite a bit different i'll get to a, a bit later but i do like that because when the player first uses it they're gonna be like oh this is awesome i found this enchanted item to make my hearing better and then over time it does the exact opposite of what it says on the package <laughs> yep um my next item is and this one um you you got to use with some discretion because it'd be easy to make this one too powerful. I call this a teleport anchor. So what it is, and the way I normally suggest using this is making this a only works once and then it breaks item. Uh, basically, what it is is it's a totem, and the party can put this totem anywhere. They slam it into the dirt, and when you do that, a coin pops out of it with a button on it. Anytime later on that you're in a pinch, you can pull that coin out of your pocket, push the button, and instantly teleport back to that totem, and then the totem shatters. Interesting. That's a really cool... Does it teleport the whole party, or just one person? Uh, I mean, that, I, I would have it teleport the whole, teleport the whole party, just because I don't like breaking up parties, but I mean, it wouldn't have to. You could design it either way. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. It's like a safety, like, one-shot thing to do, but it could also serve for some utility if you maybe want to make it not a one one off item, but that'd probably be kind of broken. Right. And it'd be great for like if the party has to go somewhere and then go immediately back, especially if there's like a time frame, they could like get to where they need to go, immediately hit the button and break out. Or if they wanted to use it and if you just gave it to them and said it's one use, they might try to use it in like a heist or something, like break into a bank and then right as the guards are like in closing in, they hit the button. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a really cool item. Uh, so my next item is tinted a tinted pair of glasses that literally sucks all light, magical or otherwise, out of the vicinity. So you can't see unless you have dark vision in, say, a 100-foot radius, but it gives the wearer dark vision. Right, so, okay, that's that's kind of similar to the, uh, the Ring of Duality thing I mentioned, except for it's affecting everyone, so it kind of gives you more of an edge. Yeah, kind of, except, you know, the rest of your party doesn't get dark vision from it. Ooh, right, so unless you're in a party of all dark vision characters, that might be a little bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, my next one is something that is not for the players. This is for the game master. And some enchanted items are for the game master. And this one I call a pager token. Basically, this is the fantasy version of a pager. I don't know if any of you were um, alive when people were still using pagers or old enough to remember. But how this basically works is uh, 
basically an NPC that's always consistently giving work to the parties gives this item to a party. And the NPC has like a um, a connected item that they keep. And anytime they need to tell the party, wherever the party is, hey, you need to come back and see me right now, they can push a button that causes the object the party has to vibrate. So it's just a really good uh, utility for the Game Master because it allows you to have a way for a um, an NPC to tell the party, hey, I need you to come back to me right now. That's really funny. I... I really like the idea of kind of putting in modern items into like fantasy games because it it's just really funny to me. I don't know why, but the idea of a modern piece of technology is like this what did you say a token like a button? It's a, it's like a pager um it, it but uh, it's for a more modern example that some of our younger people might uh remember better um when you go to a restaurant and there's a big wait and they give you that disc thing that lights up and vibrates whenever your table's ready yeah that's really fun it's essentially Um, just that (laughs) i had a i have a similar item on my list which i call the stone tablet which is literally a piece of stone a, a a stone slab that once per day the players can use it like a like a tablet, like a, or like an iPad. <laughs> it's just an iPad. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what, they can they can you know watch porn on it. I mean, what's what are they doing? I mean, with? yeah, they could watch porn. They could you know Google what is the orcs fire resistance do? Whatever the fuck <laughs> they want, I guess. So, well, wow, it's. It's just an iPad. <laughs> that's so that's so ridiculous. <coughs> okay. Um well my next one seems kind of dumb in comparison to just an iPad. Um uh, I call this the reverse lantern. Uh it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a lantern, but instead of making the area around it brighter, it makes it darker. That's it. Yep. I mean, it's pretty straightforward and cool. Um, you know, you'd expect more items like that to be, you know, official, but they just aren't for some reason. Yeah, it's it's why it's such a simple concept. I don't know why it's not in more systems books. So this item is kind of another joke item, similar to my stone tablet. I call it the floor is lava shoes. They're shoes that give you a boost to athletics and acrobatics but you're not allowed to punch the floor. <laughs> um, I'd be curious to see how a player would actually, like, um, use those. That might be interesting to to watch them try to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you have, like, detailed maps or, like, really good theater of the mind. They can be like, I'm going to jump on the fucking piano, and then I'm going to fly onto the door. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially for theater of the mind. You could really go places with that one. Um, my next one is called the random ability ring, and I have um, uh, basically um, this this ring is going to affect one ability. What I'd suggest you do as the GM if you use this item is the moment a character puts it on, that's when you decide what the ability is and then pretend like it was always that. And obviously it should be the ability that's most important to whatever character puts it on. 
Uh, basically, anytime they make a check involving that ability, there's like a 50% chance they get a plus to that check, that that stat and a 50% chance they get a minus to that stat. Now, would this apply to something like dexterity to hit with a with a weapon? Uh, I mean, that that's up to you based on... um. Because, I mean, some things would be too much work to make happen. Like, especially when you look at, like, wisdom checks where, like, it affects spell casting and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, that's really Game Master's discretion. But you could have it be for everything, depending on what stat it is. That's a neat item. Um, It could use some tweaking, but depending on the kind of game you're running. But, yeah, that's a really cool item to, to make for your party. Yeah, my, my only concern when I made it is that in some cases, it could be really burdensome to account for. That's true. Yeah. You would have to keep, like, really good notes to make sure you know exactly what it accounts for and what it doesn't. But Yeah, yeah, just because it's like, okay, because sometimes it would just get too complicated to, to do all the math. Mm. So, my next item is a dagger that's uh it's a cursed item you like can't sell it or remove it like you always have to keep it on your body you could just not use it but the curse is that you can't get rid of it and essentially what it does is it's a returning dagger but every time you throw it it doesn't vanish and disappear and it doesn't vanish and reappear back into your hand. It literally flies back, and you have to make a reflex save or whatever to dodge out of the way, or you take the damage. Um, that that just gave me an idea that I'm going to use to replace my next item, um, because my next item was not that great. But I have an idea of how to slightly improve upon your idea here. Um, a cube, it's the same thing where um, no matter what, it always returns but this one doesn't fly back at you. It just appears, and it literally is just like a five-pound weight in your inventory. And it's just a cube, and no matter how hard you try to get rid of it, it's just back in your inventory taking up space, and that's the whole thing. That's neat if you use, like, like carry weight and stuff. It'd be fun to watch players figure out, because, like, the, you'd be like, there's a cube, and your player comes over and picks it up and goes, oh... What does it like? What's it do? And it's like it's just a five. It's just a cube. It weighs five pounds. And then uh, they go okay, and they put it down. And in the beginning of the next session, you just go to that player and be like, "Hey, can you add that five pound cube back to your inventory?" And then they're like, "I don't remember picking that up." Well, it's in your inventory. Okay, I guess I picked it up. And then they put it down. Beginning of the next session, hey, can you put that five pound cube back in your inventory? <laughs> yeah, it almost it'd be, be interesting. It'd be interesting to have it like the the cube grows in weight every few <laughs> sessions so it just becomes more and more annoying but only slightly over time this next session hey can you put that six pound cube back in your inventory <laughs> <laughs> oh it's five pounds no it's six pounds because <laughs> they wouldn't remember so they always just be like how do i keep getting this cube and why does it always seem to weigh for <laughs> i love items like this bro you know they don't add a ton, but what they add is just so much fun. Oh my god, that'd be so that'd be like the one of the best running jokes just to screw with your players. Yeah. So my next item is a mechanical cat. And this doesn't work in all settings, but I'm sure you could tweak it to make it. It's essentially like a little robot cat. It fights along with you. And sometimes it 
likes what you do and sometimes it doesn't you know it can get a little pissy with you and attack you and the cat never goes away it, it follows you wherever you go and if you break it it just rebuilds itself the next day the next morning and if you don't feed it and it gets pissier and pissier with you so you have to always make sure to feed this cat so it's basically just a regular cat yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna take a wild guess here that you were trying to write these and your cat was annoying the piss out of you and you just made the item based on your cat yeah I, i wrote that one right after i fed my cat yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't too much of a leap to figure that one out. Um, all right, my next one is uh, I call it a false ethereal weapon. Uh, so what this does is you look at it and it looks like a normal weapon with ghost touch on it, and that's it. So a player goes, "Ooh, a ghost touch weapon. That'll be helpful because why uh, a lot of like in D and D and Pathfinder, once you get around like level seven or eight, you can start expecting that. Like, as if you're a seasoned player, you'll know to start expecting things where you need ghost touch weapons. Like a lot of players will at around that level go out and buy a ghost touch weapon. So it'd be like, oh, cool, a ghost touch weapon. That'll come in handy. The catch is that in regular combat, using it." It has like a 1 in 10 chance to just phase out of existence as you try to hit a target. So it just won't work. But it always works against um, like ethereal enemies. Yeah, I really like the items that like plays with the theme of other items. You know, like the... Maybe you have a, a fire weapon that deals fire damage, except sometimes it, the fire turns to like lava and it melts your weapon or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's, out of the air. it's kind of in the same vein. Yeah, those items are, are really neat that tweak the trope. Um, what I like about this one is the player might be like, oh, I'll just use this as my normal weapon. But once they figure out what its deal is, they won't throw it out. They'll just keep it in case they run against something where they need ghost touch to hit it. So it retains its usefulness even after you figure out the trope. Yeah, and players always like to have more things. So giving them items that are specifically at work in specific cases is kind of satisfying to players. My next item is a TP carpet. This is essentially a a rolled up carpet that you can keep in your backpack or something. And when you unroll it and once per day, you can cast a spell to turn it into a little teepee. So it's like a little shelter for your party when they're in the woods. Huh. Yeah, that's kind of like, um, it's like a less abusable. What's that one spell that players abuse all the time where it's a little cube that fits in your pocket, but you press a button and it turns into like a whole like castle or something? I don't know, but yeah, that sounds really broken. Well, the problem with it is what happens is the player like throws it and says the command word while it's in midair, and then it crushes the enemy, which uh, is which is obviously not the intended function of that item. I mean, it's a creative way to use it, but it's become such a trope that everyone does that now. This is yeah. like a version of that that you can't abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was just a nice little utility item that like I said, players like to collect magic items, and this is something that they can just collect and use that doesn't really change anything. 
Uh, all right. My next one, I call this the Ring of Borrowed Luck. This is another RNG item. Well, this isn't so much RNG, but this is, um, it has consequences for use. So what it is, is it's a ring. And X times per day, um, you get a um, free reroll. Or you maybe you get to add one to a roll, whatever. But every time you do that, um, the following day, you'll have one roll where based on how many times you use the ring the day before, well, let's say uh, you used it five times the first day. Sometime on the next day at the GM's choice, when you go to make a roll, you'll take a minus five penalty on that roll. So you're kind of, it's ring of borrowed luck. Yeah, I like that. It's a, it's a karma ring. Yeah, so you, you can use it, but you have to uh, uh, keep in mind the consequences because you never know when that GM the next day is going to go, guess what? <laughs> yeah, and adding strategic value is a, or adding strategic uh, depth is it's always a welcome thing. So I have the demonic cloak next, and this is a cloak that warps your body. It's a cursed item. That warps your body to look demonic. Maybe you get goat legs or horns. And it gives you bonuses to charisma. Since devils and charisma are tied in, in role-playing games. And it gives you uh, bonus fire damage on all your attacks. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, mm -hmm. I would have an unintended consequence be it shifts your alignment one step towards uh, lawful evil. Yeah, that'd be... Yeah, I like that. I, I feel like that's... Because uh, that's enough that, like, some players would be like, so? I'll use it anyway. But then other players would be like, no, there's no way my paladin's touching that. Yeah, and it's also good to add, like, world consequences. You know, now NPCs treat them a, a little bit more cautiously. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they're even racist against them. That's yeah, maybe they look like a tiefling or something. Um, my last knowledge, and this is certainly the most powerful item we're gonna talk about this whole episode. And I believe this is the last item total, or did you have one more? I have one more. Okay, I'll let you go with that one because I feel like uh this one being the most powerful should be saved for last. <laughs> okay. So my last item is the teleportation map. It's a regular map, but it's really old. So it's kind of uh, uh, wrong in some places, you know, certain towns are in the wrong spot just slightly, and wherever you touch on the map, you can teleport to that spot once per day or twice per day, so that they get limited amount of tries, and depending on if the map is wrong or right in that spot, they're teleported into the wrong spot. Um, yeah, that's, I, th I think there could definitely be some fun consequences of that. Like, maybe they teleport, like, five miles out in the ocean or something. <laughs> um, the last item, and this is one I'm going to suggest if you have a particularly, how should I say this, slow party. Uh, I call this the Totem of Meta Knowledge. It is a one-use item, and all it does is it allows you to ask one single meta question to the gods and get an answer. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just any meta question you can think of. Yeah, and that's can also be kind of good for players that 
our little meh on role-playing because you can be like, okay, well, role-play you asking me a question. And it's it kind of eases them into it a little bit. Uh my my idea of how this would end up being used is maybe you're in like a campaign that has like a mystery of some kind, right? And um, if you give this to the party, they're going to freak out because they're going to be like, oh my gosh, we could expose a major plot point. Even though the chances of them asking the right question in a way that you don't have to answer very specifically is very slim, but they'll still sit there for like 15 or 20 minutes trying to think of the perfect question. Yeah, you'd have to be careful with that too because there's some questions they'd be like, who's the one that is behind this entire campaign? And then you're like, well... Yeah, but you can you can answer it in a monkey's paw kind of way to kind of deflect. Like if you were like, who's the one that's behind it all? And I'd be like, the guy standing behind you. <laughs> you know, so you can kind of flip and make it like if they get too close to the lead, you can kind of monkey's paw the answer if you're clever with it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a just a fun item to to fuck with your party. All right, that has been thirty different magic items that you can put in your campaign. This has been a special episode of homebrew portal if you'd like us to do more episodes like that you can contact us anchor leaves you a method to um, leave us a voice message even that we can listen to and perhaps if it's really good maybe even put an episode so leave us your comments questions complaints concerns gripes and moans and we promise to get to zero of them if we get to them we get to them if we don't i'm sorry but we don't until next time this has been Homebrew Portal.